Welcome to Wavelengths, a podcast with Amphenol Broadband Solutions. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to another episode of Wavelengths, an Amphenol Broadband Solutions podcast. If you're tapping into today's episode, guess what? You found yourself on a part two. So if you missed it, we had a full discussion with the CEO of Tribal Scale, Sheetal Jaitley. Uh, there's a part one that already exists to this conversation. So if you missed it, probably take a pause. Go listen to that part one so you're fully caught up. However, if you already consumed part one and you're ready for part two, then you're in the right place. As you are preparing for our part two conversation here, make sure that you're heading to our website, amphenolbroadband.com, for more information and to catch up on some of the basics from last time's conversation, uh, but also to find more episodes of the show, of course, and other resources like videos, blogs, white papers, and more. And make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So again, we're continuing our conversation with CEO of Tribal Scale, Sheetal Jaitley. Uh, we had a conversation last time where we began to discuss the scope of Industry 4.0 digital transformation and how there are not only sort of uh, exciting, buzzy technologies that are defining that Industry 4.0 transformation, but also evolutions to the foundational technologies that will support everything to do with Industry 4.0, including edge computing, uh, 5G, and even just wireless communications at large. So we discussed a lot of uh, edge computing in our last episode. We're going to go ahead and continue with more technology conversations and some peeks into what Tribal Scale has been working on to showcase what it really means to put these foundational technologies and their evolutions to work. So let's go ahead and reintroduce our guest, Mr. Sheetal Jaitley, CEO of Tribal Scale. Sheetal, great to have you back on. How you doing? Daniel, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Real pleasure. I don't want to waste any time. Let's jump right back into the thought leadership. Um, we'll go ahead and start here. We mentioned earlier 5G, and I want to highlight uh, some advancements to 5G infrastructure that caught my attention that I think signal some of the uh, potential that 5G still hasn't even tapped into, right? It's still a relatively nascent technology, and there's so much room to grow with it. So these developments are coming out of Europe right now. BT and Nokia announced not too long ago that they successfully conducted a carrier aggregation trial where they converged 2.1, 2.6, 3.4, and 3.6 gigahertz radio channels using Nokia 5G. Now, why is this significant? Well, according to the operator, at least, this is the first network operator in Europe to move beyond NSA 5G networks with a 4G LTE-reliant core, and they adopted a standalone network of 4CC on 5G. So this is critical. It's a, um, it's a validation of the uh, sort of improvement to 5G's infrastructure. And I'm curious then, as 5G infrastructure does continue to improve and become more independent and less reliant on already existing 4G LTE infrastructure, what sorts of disruptions is this already enabling or will this enable in the future? What impact do you imagine these disruptions to have? Break that down for us. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot, right? There's, there's definitely every industry, the one that I really um, hold, hold close to and got a lot of knowledge is, I, as you mentioned at the top of the the program that I work with a lot of automotive OEMs. And if you take a look at your vehicles, um, a lot of the advancements that we see in our in, in our vehicles from infotainment to 
our cars, you know, letting us know we need oil changes or it's time to check the brakes or whatever it may be, are getting more and more connected. And it's really because of the advancements in 5G and in Edge. And if you if you take a look at what Nokia is talking about here, what Nokia is talking about is not Cheeto in Midtown who's not able to make a phone call or call an Uber. What they're talking about here is, hey, let's expand the spectrum. Let's make some of that so some of that bandwidth a lot more possible for let's get the infrastructure right for these experiences in your in, in your car or in, in, in your connected life to get better. But if you if you really take a look at the developments in the auto sector, um, as more and more cars become self-driving, as, as, as we're starting to see, um, there is also going to be a need of what you do in those vehicles, right? And like, I always like going to the everyday person and the consumer, what are you going to do in those vehicles? You're going to, if you're not driving the car, it's driving, it's driving itself. You're going to want to watch Netflix. You may want to be shopping. You're going to want to do the other things you not, naturally do, um, play games, whatever it may be um, that you want to do to pass time. Um, and all of that is going to require a ton of more bandwidth and more infrastructure than what we're talking about. So if you look at what Nokia is talking about and what they, again, were really had segmented off for a particular use case, which was, you know, government in this case, um, let's opening that up will allow a ton of more innovation to happen there. And I, I, I honestly believe in the innovation of not only the enterprise, but in a bunch of startups that, we haven't even been able to see the use cases of what that could do for the everyday person, right? Like we, we, we're so used to screens and watches and, 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 and interacting that way, but in more and more of a connected world, uh, what is 5G going to enable? And I think this is really one to keep eyes on because improvements are happening um, across the globe. And we're also seeing use case validators in many different regions. Europe is one of them. China is leading in a lot of 5G metrics. And the U.S. is currently investing in infrastructure to support the expansion of 5G and uh, become a global leader in 5G deployments nationally, too. So there's a lot of different markets that are implementing 5G in their own ways and will probably find their own improvements to 5G. So it's definitely going to be one where we're going to need to keep our eyes, you know, um, in many places at once. Well, I think on the places that are actually doing it and they're doing it really well, I mean, there's cities obviously in China that that, that have, been, have, have been leveraging it. But like, if you take a look at Singapore, you take a look at Dubai, we're really starting to call themselves smart cities. And what does a connected city really mean? You know, the first thing they were like, let's own the light post and let's get all light posts connected because it could start giving us data. We can make traffic flow better. Emergency services could be prepared better. There's a whole bunch of things they're doing from a smart city initiative. But if you you know, as we start looking to the like these these cities that are that are a lot more nimble and a lot quicker to adopt these um, technologies, we're going to start seeing more and more use cases of you know beyond just traffic or beyond just um, emergency services. It's going to be you know what what does a truly connected city city mean for its citizens and for and for the world to take a look at being like, hey, what 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 could we, what should we start adopting here and. I think this big push and this this big investment going into 5G and really trying to connect everything it came with those, it comes with those bandwidth issues that we talked in the beginning. But again, that tech, the investments are being made in technology for it to catch up and leapfrog where we want to go. So let's chat strategy now and offer some you know actionable steps for folks that have decision making power in guiding some of these innovations. 
Where do you think that wireless communication technologies and their developers need to continue to evolve their network infrastructure, uh, both you know its capacity, its device capabilities, et cetera, to meet what you see as the most pressing future applications, right? Where should they be focusing that energy intentionally for the best ROI and um, you know the best uh, support for what's to come? Great question, Daniel. I think the first thing that everybody needs to do, and I don't hear enough of is let's all admit that there's going to be a very large bandwidth issue as more and more things are being connected. I think we need to really put that up on the wall and say, this is a problem. And what are we going to do to solve it? And what are we going to do to get around it? I think there's like a short term and then a long term vision of, of how that works. I'll leave it up to the much smarter scientists and everybody else, the engineers to figure out what's after 5G and how you could make, you know, what the, that company I was talking about before get shooting lasers from space to get our data across. Go do that stuff, you know, but in the in the short term, I I really think we should take a look at, again, our business problems and like, you know, as an enterprise, well, what what the telcos need to start doing is not coming with the technology approach, but really going and working with partners. And you're starting to see more of this. I should not knock them. You're starting to see more of this where, hey, we are we know we're going to own the customer. We know we're going to own the data infrastructure. But let, well, who are our partners who are actually going to come to our customers to provide a solution? And like, how can we all team up together to go do that? It's, it's unfortunate, you see a lot of, I think it's even a human problem. It's a human problem of how humans interact with each other and trying to be possessive of a customer, but like really what is the partnership ecosystem gonna look like to go and solve these problems for, for, for these enterprises? And I think the, the companies that are actually doing this well, you know, it's Microsoft, Amazon, and Google. If you take a look at those three companies, they got their cloud infrastructures, they leverage partners all over the place, depending on what the issues are that their customers are facing, and they come to solutions with that, I really think infrastructure players now have to not only partner with the likes of Microsoft and Google's, but who are the other partners that are going to come in to solve these specific needs? If there's a manufacturing issue, who's the expert in manufacturing and what have they been able, been able to do leveraging Edge and 5G to go make that happen? And I'd really love to see a lot of the infrastructure companies, not just the infrastructure companies, be the leaders of the ecosystem. Um, and and start just and start to bring them in. I think that's a barrier that let's let's face it, it's night and day from 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 where it's been. And it's you know I'm, I hope you know going to Mobile World Congress if we if it was, you know in February it gets back to where it used to be. But I think they you know that was a great show where you started to see a lot of independent solutions happening. And then at that show over the years, you started to see more and more of the companies partnering together. And I think that's going to be that really building the right ecosystem and partnership network is where I think they should be spending their time and energy to solve problems for today. Again, I'm not going to comment on the super smart, sharp, amazing engineers we have in our society who are going to go and solve, solve infrastructure problems from, you know, further, further down the line. And I want to take a moment to, to highlight some of Tribal Scale's own work here, uh, just to showcase that we don't have to wait for just the major players, the infrastructure players, to make advancements to some of these technologies, right? If you have any kind of touch point um, with edge computing, with 5G, there are roles to play in proving and validating new use cases and showcasing the value that this technology and um, you know these foundational technologies have 
for supporting Industry 4.0. So I'm curious if you can expand on some of your developments around Android automotive OS um, and their um, you know use in connected vehicles. Uh, I know Tribal Scale has worked with AAOS recently, or at least in that space recently. Um, and connect the dots for us with how some of those developments intersect with what we've been talking about, right? Developments in 5G, developments in edge computing, or any of those other foundational technologies for Industry 4.0. It's a very interesting question. So Android Android Auto OS, uh, for anybody who works in, in that particular domain, can be used in a lot of different ways. And this is, again, when you're at the forefront of a, of a leading edge system or, te or technology, it's going to change and morph into a lot of different things. You know, getting down, always like going back to the consumer expectations of what's actually happening here and what's what we've been able to do is, you know, we work with a partner. We worked actually with AccuWeather um, on this where, hey, how can we go and create an AccuWeather experience leveraging Android OS? So imagine you're, you're driving and, hey, we were talking about bad storms and you're approaching a flood zone and you didn't know it's flooded. How about we help you detour you and like, get you along your way with the right data and with the right information as you're connected so that you don't actually get yourself into a problem. And these are the possibilities that you can start doing with connected automotive operating systems. Um, being able to do that, there's things you're able to do in car. There's logic that needs to be done in car. There's logic that needs to be done on 5G. And you know, so like you're leveraging edge, you're leveraging uh, the 5G networks, but you, you're, you're locked down in this environment that Google has provided. And they, again, I go to Google being a great partner again, is we come back to them with recommendations. Hey, let us help push the envelope for you. What if we were able to do A or B or C? Um, and, and look, we've actually worked around your system to go be able to create this particular experience um, and, and showcase that to them so that they actually know what's in the realm of possibility. Because again, as a provider, they're just building a system without the OEM's input without the consumer's input, without a company like us being the glue that sticks that whole experience together, it doesn't work. And so, you know, I think a lot of automotive companies are starting to move away from, hey, I need to own the entire domain in my car. There's certain ways I can leverage with consumer-based platforms like Android or whether it be Apple Clock CarPlay. Um, and you're gonna see more of that. And 5G and the edge are gonna be really leveraged and working with a company like us to know, hey, where are we gonna put what logic where to create the experience we want. And I think you know folks can learn a lot from how Tribal Scale has been approaching these digital transformation projects. Um, so as we begin to wrap up here, where can folks learn more about some of that work that you've been doing with AAOS or any of your other projects that I mentioned earlier, just to get some imagination, uh, get those wheels turning, right? I think, I think, look, the first thing I'm going to say is uh, I love when a customer calls me and says, hey, I got a consumer problem and like, let's focus on the problem. And then we go from there. But we're to learn it, even like what's in the realm of possibility. We got a very active blog on our website on tribals at tribalskill.com. I also got a podcast that I do with a lot of the innovators and a lot of the clients that we work with or partners that we work with in the space on a variety of topics um, so that you can, they could check that out. But the one thing I will say is, hey, we are we're we're not we're we're not too salesy here we're not we're not people who are going to come and try to push stuff on you if there's anything we could do to help drop us a line we will show you what our take or solution on the problem will be and uh and try to help you out along your way and if we're not the right if we're not the right company to be able to do solve this problem for you chances are we know who is and we'll help you help guide you in the right direction and hey, that acknowledgement of this being a team effort right of this being a, a larger ecosystem and not just 
one where one player has to dominate, right? Uh, it's very much going to be one that is collaborative, that involves partnerships, that involves trust, honestly, among a lot of different private entities and public ones, too, uh, in developing these technologies, proving use cases, and drawing inspiration from each other, right? I think this is one of those opportunities where you know, the industry would really benefit from that kind of mentality and approach rather than one that's strictly about gaining as much market share as possible, right? Well, I think, I think Daniel, just, just on that, one thing I want to stress is a lot of the times in large enterprise, the biggest problem is there's too many competing interests and you want to try to boil the ocean. And so even within your own organization and your team, let's really, and if you can't do it, it's fine. Like I've worked with a customer who thought there should be this there, the, this one feature in their app should be 18 different features. Well, we ran a really quick one hour exercise with them. And by the end of it, everybody was on the same page that, hey, only these are the three things that matter. Let's, like, let's get competing interests out of there and let's, let's really focus on what are the things we're gonna do today that are gonna make a better consumer experience and always relate back to that. Not necessarily a lot of it, in political stuff that's going on within within organizations. So it's really good to get a really lean mindset. Definitely know your goal. If the goal is to boil the ocean, that is your goal. But what are you going to do today to start making small steps to get there? Nothing's going to happen overnight. And I think, you know, a lot of us want to snap our fingers in and make things happen overnight. And it, it just doesn't work that way. Very fair. And last but not least, Sheetal, um, I want to give you an opportunity to just comment on a few other projects of yours because, uh, again, you've helped companies like iHeartRadio and the PGA Tour launch new digital products to help them along their digital transformation, but to also rethink some of their essential and already needed digital communities and offerings, right? So it's not always uh, reinventing the wheel. Sometimes it's just improving what's already there to take advantage of existing uh, and coming foundational technology. So we've been talking about. So in this work, where are you finding and, you know, offer some examples for inspiration for our audience here. Where are you finding that foundational technologies like edge computing are helping realize bolder products and transformations, right, of maybe already existing elements of a digital presence for these companies? Sure. Let me, um, let me talk about one that I don't want to say the company name because it, let's talk about an F up they had and they realized it. And I think that there's more learning in that than the success projects. I think it's a success because they, they didn't realize um, that their application, the way it connected to the car and the way, the way it was working um, was creating a huge nightmare in distracted driving. And so we sat with them and as we started going through our user journeys and really started playing with them, uh, we created, you know, a simulator with, vehicle with the with you know with your with your steering wheel everything um and started finding that the app was actually creating this active driving and almost 80 percent of the people who were using the simulator were crashing now this company was wondering you know why is our app like used outside and not used when people are in motion we really want people who are in transit even while walking um and just its ui and ux was just done wrong having said that um we, we, fit, we started solving those UI UX problems, but then there came a second set of problems that they had. And the second set of problems that they had was connectivity issues. Uh, it was a bandwidth hog and there wasn't enough logic actually built into the app um, that, needed to, that, that needed to work. And so we, we started looking at, that, uh, looking at that as a problem, being like, how can we re-architect this app so it could be very lightweight, 
in these moments of motion, I mean, if you're not connected at home and your Wi-Fi, um, that's one thing. But like, even how can we create this to be a, not as much of a bandwidth argument? It became a lot, and again, I still call it edge computing. There became a lot of that um, logic, Daniel, that either was an in-car, when you're in your in-car um, experience was being done there, or it was being done right on your on your device um, to eliminate. And these things were possible and they didn't realize this stuff was possible. They thought everything had to go back to their mother, mothership data center and get pushed from there. And when you, when you start to look at these problems, and again, you go from a consumer experience to go solve these problems, it becomes a huge success. So I didn't want to mention the company name, um, however, However, I think there's a lot of learning in the journey that it, go, it went through. It was a lot of pride of a lot of people who to, made those decisions to actually take a step back and go, hey, what's in the best interest of the product here? This is the right way to go. We've actually, we'll work with you to go fix it. And I think, you know, putting away your pride and looking at the best interest of the product and looking at the best interest of your consumer solved the problem. And hey, their numbers are through the roof now. Like people are loving it and they're, they're using it and they're consuming it. So they hit their goals at the end of the day, which were more important. It's incredibly encouraging to hear that even some of the challenges in digital transformation come with certain, you know, re-understanding uh, of what the possibilities are for leveraging the improvements around these foundational technologies. And, um, you know, I think some of the work that Tribal Scale is doing is going to continue to showcase, you know, what that really looks like to its full extent, whether that is with challenges, with great opportunities because at the end of the day what it entails or I guess what what the end vision is is an improved product an improved digital presence and one that understands its role in a larger ecosystem and again I think that wider lens is just going to be critical for not only improving these technologies but also taking advantage of them and doing so understanding that you're just playing one role in a a, a big pool of fishes right many fish in this pond well and then the high and, and the high tide rises all boats so everybody like get together and distribute ideas and 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 start to work together and we're gonna we're gonna be able to solve more more problems that way couldn't agree more i think we'll go ahead and leave on that optimistic future focused note so thank you again sheetal for your time today for breaking down your perspectives on the uh, improvements that are coming to industry 4.0 foundational tech and some of the great opportunities that come from these improvements. Again, folks, we've been chatting with Sheetal Jaitley. He's CEO of Tribal Scale. And again, Sheetal, where can folks learn more about Tribal Scale? Give us some websites, some social medias. Yeah, tribalscale.com. Uh, at Twitter, on Twitter, it's at tribalscale. Um, yeah, we're pretty easy to find. You'll, you'll see us everywhere. Instagram, Spotify, everywhere. You'll find us. Love it. Love it. All right, Sheetal, this has been great. Really, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. It's been such a pleasure, and uh, I have a feeling we'll be chatting again soon because, really, this is just the beginning of these transformations. Yeah, I'm and excited for the, the future. Ceiling is, yeah, the, the, the ceiling is hard to see. It is so high up, right, because there's just so much room to grow. So conversations will continue as these technologies improve. But till then, Sheetal Jaitley, thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Wavelengths, an Amphenol Broadband Solutions podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want previous episodes, make sure you're heading to our website, amphenolbroadband.com, and make sure you're subscribing to Wavelengths on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Wavelengths. Wavelengths.